when even for a moment you express the Buddha's seal in the three actions by sitting upright in samadhi, the whole phenomenal world becomes the Buddha's seal and the entire sky turns into enlightenment. Because of this, all Buddha Tathagatas as the original source increase their dharma bliss and renew their magnificence in the awakening of the way. Furthermore, all beings in the ten directions and the six realms, including the three lower realms, at once obtain pure body and mind, realize the state of great emancipation, and manifest the original face. At this time, all things realize correctly. Myriad objects partake of the Buddha body, and sitting upright under the Bodhi tree, you immediately leap beyond the boundary of awakening. At this moment, you turn the unsurpassably great Dharma wheel and expound the profound wisdom, ultimate and unconditioned. This is from Ehe Dogen Zenji's Self-Receiving and Employing Samadhi. This is a pivotal passage in that text in which Dogen Zenji describes the moment of Shakyamuni Buddha's awakening and casts you in the role of Buddha. This, this um, is a really interesting use for me. The, the, every time I read these texts or chant them, something else surfaces as being important, something that I want to pay attention to. This time it was the second person, you. Dogen Zenji is speaking to you, to each one of us. According to the translation, I wonder whether I wonder how what the what the Japanese has to say about this. Uh, I, I intend to find out, but, <laughs> but I'm struck by this second person, you, in in this text. You are in the seat of Buddha. So when does this happen? Well, some years ago, uh, the late abbot, Yogan Steve Stuckey Roshi of San Francisco Zen Center was here, and he quoted another quote from Dogen Zenji from Ehe Koso Hotsuganmo that goes like this. Therefore, the Chan Master Lomya said, those who in past lives were not enlightened will now be enlightened. In this life, save the body, which is the fruit of many lives. Before Buddhas were enlightened, they were the same as we. We in the future, no, no. Before Buddhas were enlightened, they were the same as we. Enlightened people of today are exactly as those of old. It says that again, and I quoted the other one. <laughs> uh, so, Yogan Roshi said, <clears throat> 
So when is it that all those who in past lives were not enlightened will be enlightened? Now. Right now. It happens right now. This time of year is very special for Zen practitioners. Um, today, after this talk, a little bit after this talk, we're going to have a ceremony of Buddhist enlightenment. And um, everyone is invited. It's going to be re really, it's going to be really impressive. It's going to be really good. <laughs> it's a doozy. Uh, and, and this ceremony is in conjunction with our Rohatsu Seshin, which is traditionally the intensive one of the year. Um, related as it is to the, the Buddhist enlightenment. And that's going to take place, I guess you heard this earlier, Wednesday through Sunday of the coming week. That is, uh, Auspicious Collaborates Retreat Center. Um, so all that's really important, and and it, and it's and it's it has to do with this event, which Dogen Zenji brilliantly described, which I quoted at the opening of the talk. Um, Siddhartha Gautama was a person who lived in northern India 25 centuries ago and, and was born and raised in an environment of privilege and wealth and nobility and was protected from the less positive, maybe less positive aspects of life um, through his youth and, and, and at some point became aware that her suspicious that there was more to life than what he was able to see immediately in front of him. So he was able to learn about old age and sickness and death. And he was able to also learn about some people who were devoting themselves to the project of becoming liberated from old age, disease, and death. Um, and so he became one of those people. And he studied with some, he left his home, left his family left his position um, and began living as a wandering monk, studied with a number of teachers and mastered their teachings and was not satisfied and practiced all kinds of self-abnegating austerities and almost starved to death and realized that was not helpful. So 
Finally, he sat down at the foot of this tree and said, I'm going to sit here until I'm free. And so after some days and nights, that's what happened. He became free and he woke up. And then, uh, since then, has been known as Shakyamuni Buddha, the, the sage of the Shakya clan, also as Tathagata, or the, the one who is thus calm. And this journey and this liberation are what are honored and celebrated by means of our Rohatsu session and our, and our ceremony that we're going to have today. So what is a ceremony? Uh, in this American culture, there are a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people uh, for whom this kind of ritual is undesirable, I guess. It's not something that they want to participate in. And um, for example, I, I, would, I used to belong to a church where, where some people would talk about rituals of this kind in a, in a sort of a, with a sort of a tone of derision, like very subtle derision, or some expression on their face, <laughs> something like that. Um, and I remember hearing this uh, rituals being uh, characterized as being empty. So now I'm thinking, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's empty. And, and the only difference is that there's this, there's this different definition of empty. <laughs> and and so I think for those people, empty means that there's nothing there, or it's useless or hollow or something like that. And and and, this, and not only that, you'll see in this ceremony we're going to chant the Heart Sutra, and that's all about it. <laughs> so. Um, Anyway, this kind of emptiness is full of, it, it contains multitudes, and it's full of you, it's full of now. And um, for me, every time, every time there's a, a ceremony or a service, it, it may look there's this sort of aspiration to have it be right and have it be like the last time, and every time it's different, and that's the magic of it. It's wonderful to see the distinctions and experience that. So I think of a ceremony like this as a time for people to gather and share focus, share a focus in their, in their life together 
that's devoted to um, devoted to the fact of our life right here and now. The ceremony of Buddha's enlightenment is a ceremony in honor of our own enlightenment, as described by Dogen Zinji. Um, I'll get into this a little bit more. So, just a little bit more about Buddha. What is Buddha? That's a good question. I want to quote something else here, and this is from one of the first Dharma texts that I ever read. And uh, have remembered ever since. It's from the introduction to a book called the, called Entering the Stream by uh, Samuel Bertholz and Sherab Chodzin Kohn. And it's an anthology of teachings from different, different schools of Buddhism. This is from the introduction to that. Buddha Dharma is best translated perhaps as way of the Buddha. This teaching came from one young person who woke up from life's melodrama more than 2,500 years ago and was thereafter called the Buddha, the awakened one. Now it turned out that this enlightenment of the Buddhas was profound and brilliant, accurate and powerful, and also warm and compassionate. It was like the sun behind the clouds. Anyone who has taken off in an airplane on a grim and gloomy day knows that beyond the cloud cover, the sun is always shining. Even at night, the sun is shining, but we can't see it because the earth is in it, and probably our pillow also. The Buddha explained that behind the cloud cover of thoughts, including very heavy clouds of emotionally charged thoughts backed up by entrenched habitual patterns, there is continual, warm, bright, loving intelligence constantly shining. And even though in the midst of thoughts, emotions, and habitual patterns, intelligence may become dull and confused, it is still this intelligence in the midst of the thoughts and emotions and habits that makes them so very captivating, so resourceful and various, so inexhaustible. This cloudy world of thoughts and emotions backed by habits continually churns out what I referred to above as life's melodrama from which the Buddha's point of view is seen. According to Dharma, everyone can wake up from this sleep. Everyone is capable of becoming Buddha. Everyone is of the nature of Buddha. So that's what Buddha Dharma is about, recognizing our psychological condition and working on it, working with it so we can wake up from the confused aspect of it. This, introdu this introduction concludes with these words. Traditionally, it is said that when a person catches a glimpse of ego's confusion and connects this with an aspiration to awaken, they begin to enter the stream of Dharma. That's a really important moment. That's, that's, 
that's kind of like bodhicitta. That's kind of like the the, the arising of the, of the mind of awakening. When a person catches a glimpse of ego's confusion and connects this with an aspiration to awaken, and then it finds out, it's, it continues. When you find that you are trusting yourself in all kinds of new and fresh ways you had never imagined for, imagined before, you're really getting your feet wet. So the Buddha understood that when this awakening took place, it was not something that was particular only to Siddhartha Gautama. It included everyone and everything. And um, the reason it might not look that way is just because of what I just read. It's, it's, it's clouded by this, these habits of of thought and emotion, um, thought, habits of thought and emotion and habits. Um, underlying this thought and emotion and habits, or outside of it, or above it, or containing it, or at the center of it, somehow, is this great truth within which all beings are the nature of Buddha. And we're invited all the time, now, during our ceremony, during our session, to, to practice with this and appreciate it and celebrate it. Buddha said it was okay to do that. So what, what is this awakening then? The, the, the talking about it is a little bit difficult, maybe a little bit problematic because um, words get in the way of it. Um, it. It somehow got to be called enlightenment in English. Um, in, in English, I'm not exactly sure how. Um, and I guess it's okay. It's sort of like good, got good. Uh, you know, it's it's sort of a handy word. It's got a, it's got a good handle to it, uh, but it's not terribly accurate. It seems like it's a noun, and and what it describes is not a noun. It's not a thing. Um, so some words like that are more verb-like. Maybe more appropriate, like awakening or realizing or actualization, or um, um, and, and so we can practice these. We can practice with these words um, and and view this as a process or an ongoing um, function of life, um, and, and it's something that there's something that we can really practice with. For, for example, the way I like to think of the six perfections, that word perfection is really good. It can be a, uh, a standalone perfect uh, example of something that's perfect, but it can also be uh, a process of working on something to, to, to bring it 
toward perfection. That's the sense that I like to think of it uh, in. And um, so I think realization or actualization is probably better. And, and it's sort of like, uh, uh, right now I seem to feel like getting bogged down in grammar, but, um, and as my friend Yazan would, would probably say, I'm, I'm kind of like a jiggling grammarian. <laughs> not, not, it's not really effective. The point is, there's a way and in Bodhi and Zenji's language, for example, it's, it's, there's this description of dropping away body and mind. If you look at things, if you look at all the things of the world with a clear eye and an open heart, one day they will all come to meet you and it will introduce itself as your life. Shunyu Suzuki Roshi said this about enlightenment. It's a kind of mystery for, that for people who have no experience of enlightenment, enlightenment is something wonderful. But if they can attain it, it is nothing. But yet, is not, but yet it is not nothing. Do you understand? <laughs> for a mother with children, having children is nothing special. I don't know. That might be true sometimes. That, for a mother with children, having children is nothing special. That is Zazen. So if you continue this practice, more and more you will acquire something. Nothing special, but nevertheless something. You may say universal nature, or Buddha nature, or enlightenment. You may call it by many names, but for the person who has it, it is nothing, and it is something. Then, according to Tenshin, Rev. Anderson, Roshi, Suzuki Roshi, once claimed that he was not in line. In, in Soto Zen, we don't make a big fuss of, over enlightenment. Uh, as, as distinct from practice. And that's due, I think, to the teachings of Hedogi Zenji, who has this apt phrase, practice realization. And that's, that's embodied in this original quote that I read. Um, when even for a moment you express the Buddha's seal in the three actions by sitting up in Zazen. That's practice realization. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to, uh, I just want to emphasize the broadening out of understanding of our practice and our understanding of the ceremony that we will participate in shortly and the broadening out of our session. Um, to 
try focusing on our own practice as the practice of Buddha. One aspect of the session, we chanted this this morning, Dogen's recommendations, universal recommendations for Zazen. We're going to be working with that text at the session, um, practicing with it. Dharma talks will be given about it. And um, it was nice to be able to chant it today. Um, if you are coming to the session in person, that's great. And we'll be working with it. If you can't come and you want to participate, we're going to be practicing with you anyway. And uh, if you really want to, you can uh, practice with us actively by practicing the Fukan Zazengi during the week, by chanting it daily or reading it daily or even copying it or something like that. And um, perhaps see if you can observe the way that it, it might might unfold for you and might uh, open up for you over the course of that time. I'd like to close today by just rereading this. And even for a moment, you express the Buddha's seal and the three actions by sitting upright in samadhi. The whole phenomenal world becomes the Buddha's seal, and the entire sky turns into enlightenment. Because of all this, because of this, all Buddha Tathagatas, as the original source, increase their dharma bliss and renew their magnificence in the awakening of the world. Furthermore, all beings in the ten directions and six realms, including the three lower realms, at once obtain pure body and mind, realize the state of great emancipation, and manifest the original face. At this time, all things realize correctly. Myriad objects partake of the Buddha body, and sitting upright under the Bodhi tree, you immediately leap beyond the boundary of the way. At this moment, you turn the unsurpassably great Dharma wheel and expound the profound wisdom, ultimate and unconditional.